The season is just starting, but the Maple Leafs already have injuries in goal. The Flyers have surprised everyone, and the Avalanche are ready to defend their Stanley Cup championship title. We've got all those stories and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you today, and thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Been a, a very interesting early season so far for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dave Marsuti of Locked On Leafs is with us, and Dave, hard to believe we're three games in and already a, a serious injury to the starting goaltender. Talk to me about how long he'll be out and what this means for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it was. It kind of all just turned. Uh, it turned in a really aw- a weird direction on Saturday when Matt Murray left the morning skate with. At the time, there was a lot of you know speculation of what the injury could be, but then Sheldon Keith said it was groin discomfort. And when you hear groin and goaltender, you don't doesn't sound very uh you know appealing or easy for a fan base to hear that especially with the goaltender who has injury uh, injury history like Matt Murray and so yet the, then uh it was announced later that the Leafs had put him on LTIR with an abductor injury which which means he's going to be out at least a minimum of 4 weeks that's what the the team has put as the timeline because they're putting him on LTIR he was going to have to miss a minimum of the 10 games, you know, with the injuries. So th- this put the Leafs in a really uh, awkward position because Eric Schalgren, the third goaltender who was with the Marlies, had to leave the game early because of it. He got into a collision and there was some worries of that, whether he could even suit up as the backup for Ilya Samson- Samsonov in that game that Matt Murray was supposed to play. So, Leafs might have been in a position where they might have had to sign an emergency backup. But the reason why they put Murray on the LTR is because they do not have the ability to sign another goaltender. Basically, they're at the 50 contract limit. So whoever was in the system signed to a contract, which is at this point, Eric Schalgren, Joseph Wall, who is the fourth on that depth chart, is still recovering from an injury. So the Leafs have had really, really brutal luck when it comes to goaltending injuries there was always that issue with matt murray there was going to be that problem going into the season nobody expected it to happen go after you know he's only had one start with the team so it's an unfortunate situation for him but luckily Ilya samsonov did very well in his two starts two wins so the leafs at least don't have to worry about the guy in net right now long term it's it's a little bit of a concern knowing that if if something you know, knock away, God forbid something happens to Elias Sam, uh, Samsonov, the rest of the team's goaltending situation looks very murky. As far as Samsonov is concerned, can he handle playing the next eight, nine, ten games in a row, or or nine out of the ten? Yeah, that's good. That's the big question. Sheldon Keith, I don't think wants to do that. He did say that you know Shalgren. Is okay. He should be able to play. 
they're going to probably give Samson a good bulk of the of the starts down this uh, in this ten game stretch. But I think you're going to see Shogun get quite a few as well. He, you know, out of the goaltenders that the Leafs did have at training camp and preseason, Shogun was the that third guy getting at least a lot a bulk of the work. I think they did that for a reason. They knew that given the injury history that you know Murray had, even Samsonov has had his injury concerns too in the past. They were going to need a third guy that could be able to come in and step in. Luckily for them, Eric Schalgren did this last season when both Jack Hamill and Peter Morazic were out with injuries. He became the Leafs starter just because he was the next guy on the depth chart. And he, he did admirably well considering the situation. So I think the Leafs are going to be comfortable giving him a few starts. They're not going to want to do, you know, a split between him and Samsonov. Samsonov will be the starter. Um, I, I don't think it will be a question of whether he can play those games. It's can he handle, and it, this was something that Washington was concerned about, can he handle the workload of being a true starting goaltender? I think with the Leafs, it'll be a little bit different. You know, this is a team that has the offense to pick up the goaltending through this stretch. But yeah, there's a little bit of an unproven aspect of it. And the Leafs are going to find out if this insurance policy they have with Samsonov is the right move for them. A little bit of a surprise. Wayne Simmons does not make the team opening night. He has been recalled since then, but talk to me about his situation and what his future is or is not with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, this was, this was a numbers game for Wayne Simmons because by all accounts, the team, wants to have him around even you know even if he's not playing all the time you know just as the as the veteran leader in the room right and there's Wayne Simmons still has and in in some teams maybe not as prevalent but he's got that physicality he's gonna able to drop the gloves if 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 need be you know the Leafs have proven that they don't necessarily need that player on on an every night basis which led to the decision to put him on waivers Unfortunately, they they're up against the cap. Wayne Simmons cap hit, unfortunately, was just too much for them to even become cap compliant to start the season. Now with Matt Murray on LTIR, the Leafs have now found cap flexibility for the mean for the meantime. But it's an unfortunate situation for Wayne Simmons. We heard that you know the the Leafs had emailed team pretty much sent an email to teams saying he's available. We don't really care too much about what we get back. We just want to get Wayne Simmons into a situation that is good for him to play. He he deserves to play. You know, he might not be the same Wayne Simmons from years ago, putting up 30 goals in a season, but he's still an NHL player. He is still a Cal. He can still play in, in the league, in my opinion. And, you know, for the Leafs, they're at the 50 contract limit. So the other motivation is they got to make some space because, a situation like this, you want to be able to sign a, a goaltender potentially in an emergency situation. You also, they, the Leafs also have a top prospect in Matthew Nyes right now playing in the NCAA. And if he decides he wants to come to the NHL, the Leafs are going to have to have that spot to sign him. So Wayne Simmons knows the situation. He, he still thinks that Toronto is the best spot for him, but he also knows that if he's not going to be playing, he has, he see he realizes that that, you know, his hands will be kind of tied and he'll likely accept the trade. He does have a uh, modified no trade clause. So he does have a bit of a say of where he would go. But I think knowing that he would be playing just to get him, you know, get him his, uh, you know, right at this point, the, the, the focus should be get Wayne Simmons playing. So the teams 
who may want to trade from can at least evaluate what he is doing. Leafs now playing their next seven games against Western Conference teams. What does that mean for the Leafs at this early point in the season? Yeah, I mean, they their schedule is kind of – it's a little bit wonky. You know, they, they start off with a back-to-back. Not an ideal thing for any NHL team to, you know, start your season with back-to-back games. You know, we all know how that first game went. It was, you know, a game that a lot of – Fans right now would just not want to to see to relieve relive anymore. But the last two wins have kind of cooled the waters a little bit. So now you have the Coyotes come to town. That should, you know, in most cases mean an easier night for the Leafs. But we know the Leafs don't really take teams who they should beat. You know, they, that's usually a tough game for them. Western Conference teams, Leafs hadn't really had much of an issue against, and you know. Um, they do have some teams that have made the playoffs or at least are playoff caliber teams. So it's not going to be an easy stretch for them. I think the good thing is that this California trip is coming early. You kind of want to get that done early in the season when players are a little bit more fresh. There's less, you know, you know, dealing with fewer bumps and bruises. So I think, I think the fact that this California trip is coming earlier rather than later in the season is actually a good thing for the Leafs this time around. Dave, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yes, uh, you can go follow uh, Locked on Leafs on Twitter at Locked on Leafs. Can you make sure you please all subscribe where you get your podcast? Help us get those subscriptions number up on YouTube. We just passed 2000 not too long ago, so it's a great milestone for us. So we're very happy about that. We're happy about the support. So you can go and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can follow me on Twitter at D underscore Morisuti. All right. Always a pleasure, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Gil. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 seven professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Just visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You could check your calendar. It's not Friday, but yes, I am here with Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers because the Flyers are off to a 2-0 and start, uh, which surprises a lot of people. Rachel, did it surprise you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that the game against the Devils, which we talked about on the Friday show, uh, I think, you know, you have that energy from the home opener. 
and you're like, okay, can this continue? And sure enough, they came from behind. They were down two nothing to Vancouver and come back and win that game three to two. And uh, nobody, not one person, is under any illusions here <laughs> that the Flyers are suddenly a great team. They played the Devils, which again we have talked about on the Friday show that they made some significant moves this off season and look better on paper, but it's the Devils and. Sometimes that doesn't come to fruition. And and Vancouver, man, they, they just did not play well. I mean, no. honestly, their power play was atrocious. And, you know, while the Flyers' penalty kill is actually much improved, uh, I will say uh, Vancouver was 0 for 5 on the power play in, in that game on Saturday. And I think that, that that led to some of it, sure. And, uh, like, JT Miller had a rough day of it as well but I do want to give some credit where credit is due to the Flyers here because there's some resiliency in this team that just was not there last season and it's probably partially the John Tortorella effect with with the team but at the same time I think that there's just this energy where so far again small sample size but they are playing a little bit more aggressively, especially along the boards. They're battling harder. And I think, you know, for the most part, there's just this energy there where they're not giving up quite as easily uh, so far. So, so far. far. But again, uh, small sample size, yes. mediocre t- opponents. Let's, you know, let's be clear. Let's enjoy the moment, though. Don't mm-hmm. write it off entirely. Carter Hart looking mighty good. 940 save percentage so far through the first two games. Uh, Is the team playing better in front of him or is he just off to a very hot start or maybe a little of both? Well, I think the team is playing better in front of him, but I wouldn't say better enough that it makes a a ton of a difference. I think Carter Hart uh, has had a repeating pattern in these two games so far where he gets off to a little bit of a rough start but then gets it together and makes some incredible saves in the second and third period and you know he's also faced a lot of shots I think the Devils had 37 38 shots on goal something like that on Thursday so you know the save percentage is high because he was facing a lot of shots Uh, that being said I think that you know Carter Hart having not played at all in the preseason it's going to take him a little bit to get you know a full 60 complete game and get his routine and rhythm going but so far so good I would say like he he has played tremendously when he's needed to and made some some really key saves well that that's an encouraging start Talk to me a little bit about the leadership on this team. Scott Lawton wearing uh, a letter now on his jersey, something we haven't seen before. What is he adding to the mix leadership-wise? Yeah, it's been interesting because John Tortorella has said from the start that he is in no rush to name a new captain. I think you know there was an assumption that maybe Sean Couturier would get that spot, maybe a Kevin Hayes. And Scott Lawton has been sort of a dark horse candidate because he's very much uh, a hardworking, you know, keeps his head down kind of guy and just plays whatever role they ask him to. You know, they've had to rotate him into center over the last years, even though he's more of a wing. And I think that Tortorella just recognizes how hard he works. And so, so far has given Lawton the A 
out there, nobody else, and uh, nobody's getting that C for a while. And, you know, that could change. Torts could give the letter to somebody else. Right now, it's been, I think, just a reward system for guys that are putting in the effort. And, you know, Scott Lawton scored a shorthanded goal on Saturday. A really great shot, but a real good, complete effort from him in that game as well. And a lot of offense so far coming from Travis Konechny. Talk to me about his early season performance. Yeah, that's the thing I think that's been the most fun to watch in these first couple of games because Travis Konechny struggled last year, uh, just did not have the shot. And he was firing, but it just wasn't going in. It just felt like his focus wasn't there. And we weren't sure what was going to happen with him. A lot of people, you know, myself included, to be honest, had suggested that we should see what's, you know, out there in terms of the trade market. What could the return be? And they did not trade him. They put confidence in him coming into this season. And, you know, I think he's really gelled with this work ethic and this system that Tortorella is trying to put into place. And it's just kind of snapped into the, into place for him in a way that I think he feels much more confident with his shot. And on that shorthanded goal that Scott Lawton got that I just talked about, Konechny just had a brilliant pass off the boards to spring Lawton for that goal and it was just one of the most smart heads up plays I've seen from him and and it wasn't even him getting the goal it was it was the primary assist so things looking up but the schedule does get a little tougher now three road games against playoff teams from a year ago the two Florida teams and then Nashville what does John Tortorella's team need to do look like you said, we're under no illusions that this is a Stanley Cup contender, but to keep positive momentum going and to show improvement, what do they have to do? Honestly, I think as as long as they can continue that level of effort and that level of aggressiveness, but that doesn't cross too much of a line and put them in the penalty box too much, I think people will be happy. They just want to see the effort and want to see that things are improving. So I, I think something that would help is if the power play, which is still dreadful, could improve. Uh, I think that, again, just giving some of the younger guys some shots in key situations to see what they can do. Uh, this will be the first game this season for Felix Sandstrom uh, in the back-to-back to see what he can do in net as well. So there's a lot of questions that will get answered this week, which is a good thing, I think. And, you know, Russ Cohen and I, who host Locked On Flyers, have been talking a lot about this season as a data-gathering year. And the more information we can get, the better we go into the trade deadline and next year's off season and knowing what kind of assets we have and who steps up in the right situations. And I think this week is going to be a perfect chance to, to learn some of those data points. Well, for people who want to learn more about those data points, Rachel, why don't you tell them where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. Uh, Locked on Flyers is on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. Pretty simple there. And I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us and looking forward to seeing you again on Friday. Absolutely. And thanks again for making Locked on NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. 
Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you today, talking all things NHL. And right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, the co-host of Locked On Avalanche, Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, uh, a nice start, but a disappointing second game. Injuries playing a role. Talk to me about some of these injuries and how long-term are they? Well, going into the season, we knew we were going to be without Darren Helm and Gabe Landeskog. How long, we did not know. Um, After game one against Chicago, I mean, the Avalanche did what they were expected to do. I mean, it was banner-raising night. The emotions were high. Everybody got to look back at the Stanley Cup that was and kind of shift their focus to this upcoming season. So they handled business in Chicago. And then the next night, right out of the gate, we get a back-to-back. They go play Calgary and Calgary, where they get to see Nas one more time. (laughs) and um, they just could not get going. And it's one of those, on a back-to-back, you expect, you kind of lean on Gabe Landeskog and that leadership that he provides in that role, and it just wasn't there. And you didn't see that energy until late into the third period when it was kind of too little too late. So it's one of those that the fanfare is over. Um, It's the first avalanche loss in months um so it's it's one of those that you you have to turn around and see there's 80 more games ahead of you how are you going to handle the rest and who's stepping up in this role because without landis you don't have that leadership it now falls on nathan mckinnon and where are we going from here and how do you step up and monday night against minnesota is a good place to start yeah it certainly would be there, there have been some impressive performances i mean miko rantanen five assists through two games uh, Valerie Nuchuskin with three goals through two games. Who have been the driving? Who's been the driving force for this team so far? Well, Nathan McKinnon. I mean, he he has not lost a step. It's one of those that after he became the highest paid player in the NHL, he got his Stanley Cup. It was one of those things that was mentioned in the offseason. What does he have left to go after? And it's you can just see that Nathan McKinnon's cut from that same cloth that like McDavid is and Crosby. They're just hockey robots. And it's just winning the game is all that matters to him. And after he tallied a goal, he's right back into where he's supposed to be. So he's driving. And now with the additions of Tori Lakenin that they got at the trade deadline last year, he is a spark plug. He is all over the place. He might not be showing up on the stat sheets as significant as like Nachushkin, but he is there and he is impressive. So Kale McCarr also on that role. So you're looking at Nathan McKinnon, Lekinen, Nachushkin, and Kale McCarr, because they are just, I mean, it's like the Stanley Cup was just awarded yesterday. They have not missed a beat. How concerned are you by the team's defensive performance or lack thereof against Calgary? I still think it's one of those things that cohesion plays a part. You still have two, because let's not forget, this is still a goalie by committee kind of situation. We have Pavel Fredsos and Yorgiev back there, to sharing sharing the starts, 1A, 1B situation. It was Yorgiev against Chicago and Frankie in game two against Pavel Francouz. So two different goalies, two different styles, how the defense adapts to those goalies. It's one of those things that will get refined as the season goes on. 
you did not put Frankie in the best of situations in that Calgary game. So it, it kind of falls on both. Like Frankie had some bad shots go in and the defense allowed some bad shots to get there. So they have to work on it and kind of find what lines are working together, what D pairings. You're not messing with Taze and McCarr. That line's set in no. stone. But the other four, you could kind of shift around and figure out. And again, this is Samuel Gerrard. He's back in the lineup after missing the playoffs with an injury. So he's got to get reacclimated to the team. So I feel like it's in no means um, pressing an emergency button right now. It's just we got to figure out what works right now. Kale McCarr is such a special player. Talk to me about his potential because it seems to me he could win, you know, another Norris trophy. He could win even a league MVP if he has the kind of season we all know he's capable of having. Kale McCarr is absolutely fascinating. And it's incredible that he's wearing an avalanche sweater because he's one of those players that the sky's the limit. Um, And he's a defender, but he could easily win the heart put pads on him he's that kind of caliber player he could win the Vesna if he wanted to <laughs> he's just we we talk me and chris talk about it all the time on the show chris baselli uh co-host on locked on avalanche we talk that he is a positionless player like his skill and hockey iq transcends transcends his position like he's offensive minded he knows where he needs to be on defense it's like he's two steps ahead of every play that's going on and he knows exactly what he needs to do in every moment and four or five years from now, we're going to look back at these moments and it's still going to be one of those. You had no idea what you had and what he's going to be. I feel like everything we talk about, McDavid, Crosby, McCarr, I mean, like Kale McCarr is going to overdo Ovechkin. Like he's going to have star power. That's going to last a lifetime. He is a generational type player. You can almost imagine him way, way back in the day, a hundred years ago, being a Rover. Uh, yes. when that position yes. used to exist yes. in hockey, but that's even before my time. How much of a concern is goaltending for this team heading into this season? Honestly, it's it's a concern, but it shouldn't be. Um, Colorado's had a habit of making stars out of goalies. Um, look at where Darcy Kemper is now and what he's producing in Washington. And look at what Grubauer is doing in Seattle. Both were pivotal members, and they were welcome members of the Avalanche, but once they decided to go elsewhere, that talent was not enough to hold up when that defense wasn't in front of you. And goaltending, all we need you to do is just block shots. Like, it was the status quo last year to allow about 20 shots last year. If you could block at least two of them, we're fine. (laughs) Like, if you're letting in two shots past you when we're letting 20 at you, we can win games 4-2, 5-2, 6-2. 2 This team has flirted with double digits a couple times. They're, they've tallied anywhere from 7 to 9 a couple times. So scoring's not a problem. It's just hold the fort. That's all we're asking you to do. We're not asking you to go out and win us a game. Very rarely are we going to have a one nothing game. So you're not asking a lot out of the goaltender position, and we're not expecting a lot out of the goaltender position, and it's for the goalie not to get too mental between the pipes is all we're asking. And again, that's going to come with time. We're sitting on game two. You've seen both goalies and what they can do, and now they can improve on it, and they know what works and what doesn't and how that defense is going to play in front of you. All right, be something to keep an eye on this season, and and we will do just that. Kyle, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners 
where they could find the pod podcast and where they could find you and your co-host on social media. Yeah, you can find the show on YouTube. We're just look locked on Avalanche. We're on YouTube. You can look um, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter and locked on Avalanche on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, as well. That's where me and Chris will be found in all of our hot scorching takes. And as far as Twitter? Uh, Twitter, that is LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter. And Chris Maselli, he's on that account. So that's where he is. And for you? Oh, at Shaggy Von Doom. If you want to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kyle, always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. It's always an honor, my friend. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guest, David Morissuti of Locked On Leafs, Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers, and Kyle Sullivan of Locked On Avalanche. I want to thank you again for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday uh, hosting this episode of the show. Friday, I co-host with Rachel Donner. And don't forget, we are back every weekday here on the Locked On NHL podcast to bring you the biggest and most important stories from around the league. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.